Last time on Dice Funk, bruh. Are you gonna be that guide for us and can we make friends with you and bring you back to the Prime Material plane and have a new friend? <laughs> a naga on the bottom half, but the top half, a thing with <laughs> crab arms, blue mane eyes, and what appears to be a collection of eyes they've snatched from other people mm-hmm. on top of their head. Two thirds of the skin off a snake. Ugh. It's still got some of the, the, the sort of rippled snake outer coating, but a lot of it looks peeled to the flesh. I shall hold them off. You go ahead and find the Baku. In essence, instead of somebody being, instead of this individual being dead in the cave, they are very much alive and living what appears to be the happiest life they could be living here. It's good to see you, Voya. Tree hand. This combination is known as the ancestor. Yeah, wings and scales, I think. The exchange, and Ozzy draws, like, deftly on the board underneath Neolith, which then leaves the only spot to the genius of Grendel. Just remember, it is an awesome feeling to smash your past behind you. Your needle-tipped glove into one of them and basically taking it power basically doing what the Baku is doing but now you're in charge and I and remember Neilith you it, Ruth explained to you an egregore where basically everybody in the village comes together and controls kind of a dream creature yeah I like the thought that this is that this creature is somehow assembled out of positive things that have positive associations for everyone in in the group you provide them a psychic dream mental dish so satisfying so filling so uh so enticing that it destroys their interest in hounding people's nightmares because it will never taste as good in comparison time Jameis Winston stole crab legs from the Publix next to my house? Yes. Oh, yeah, I remember that. (laughs) I literally lived next to that Publix for like 10 years. And then Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback Jameis Winston shoplifted from it. Sometimes I feel sorry for professional athletes because they're literally not taught anything else their entire, like, upbringing about how to do anything. Last point, I've mentioned this in the Discord a while ago, but I had an idea for a character for one of the earlier seasons that was going to be modeled off of professional um, Major League Baseball um, and touching on some of those topics about like how in some cases how unprepared or really just like how rough it can be for those players in different cases. But yeah, so that's a topic for a different conversation for Maybe a different season or one shot or series or 
whatever. Yeah, what exactly <laughs> are we doing here? So this is a downtime episode. Uh, mm. But before <gasps> before we get to the level ups, I actually want to address the immediate aftermath of the last arc because after you defeat the Baku uh, in a really creative fashion, I think a lot of people uh, were really gratified by that twist at the end there. <laughs> um, you escape from uh, the dream realm and come back to Grendel. Uh, and you find that some time has passed, like a day or so, or at least it, the, the storm has broken and you know, there's some sunlight peeking through as the, the wind dies down. And I think the people of the village come out to see the egregore you have summoned, uh, Neelith, which is quite a, a monstrosity. And I want to talk about it a little bit more because in addition to the features it has from the party... Uh, because uh, Genius Loci kind of represent an entire location, I think it also has features from the other villagers as well. <gasps> oh, what do they add to, to the Dream Voltron? Yeah, I'm looking at my NPC list. I think, you know, we talked about P Potter's giant paws. I think we got to get those on there. We got to have like little horns from Gigi would be another one, maybe. Yeah, little horns. I mean, we talk we were talking about Venta's uh, big wings as a bozog, maybe on the back, just mm -hmm. these uh, brilliant <gasps> blue wings. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, Marina's forearms, obviously. Of is, course. Yep. Uh, you got to have the uh, the the Hale's tail, you know. Honestly, I I want to add as many features to this as possible. I want this to be the most over-designed monstrosity on the planet that, that... It's gonna take... <sighs> it's gonna take the rest of the season for someone to come up with a design. I say that, and watch what happens. This will go live, and in 24 hours, someone will have a perfect drawing of this. I want this to be the equivalent of when, like, a four-year-old describes, like, their dream robot, and they just keep adding shit to it because they're mm -hmm. overexcited. Like, that's what I want this to be. And also, if one of their classmates comes up with a better idea for their own Voltron, they go, oh, yeah, mine does have that, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They, they just steal idea. Like, whenever someone else suggests an idea, like, oh, yeah, I already had that. What are you talking about? Yeah, I have that too. It has 14 features, four for the party and then 10 for the villagers. So that's easy to remember. Yeah. <laughs> Mechanically speaking, this actually does confer a benefit to the party. Basically, once per arc, you can concentrate and summon the Egregore uh, to automatic automatically succeed on a check, which is kind of what you did at the end. So if, if Neelith had said, I want to cook a dream with the dream stuff so delicious, the Baku will never be satisfied with this these nightmares again, I would have said, like, roll with your... Uh, your cooking uh, proficiency and then if you had failed that that just wouldn't have worked and we'd had to have another solution but essentially by using your get out of jail free card egregore uh you, you succeeded automatically so you kind of have one free success per arc i've i've got to explain how the dream voltron helps me to win the check i guess exactly but it's not just Neelith, because <gasps> although your psionics did allow you to connect to the other villagers and kind of like a low-level psionic hive mind, uh, everyone's involved now. I, I described last uh, episode how there are examples of this through history, like Athena is the uh, genius loci of Athens. Uh, uh, some other examples, like the Colossus of Rhodes for Rhodes, or uh, the Statue of Liberty for New York. And I think Sketch literally already <laughs> referenced that part in Ghostbusters 2, where uh, New York's Egregore gets up and starts uh, doing plot stuff. So, like, yeah, <laughs> that's the whole vibe. Toastbusters. you got to remember, it's Toastbusters, not Ghostbusters, okay? I'm truly thinking about Ghostbusters 2 and being in awe of how accurate that is. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm really, I'm like, oh my God, like every detail, he's correct. 
so so that so that means that Nihilus was controlling the Egregor using an NES Advantage controller as well, correct? You know, <laughs> that's a, that's our season six character. Her season oh eight, right eight character has like a, a Juicero or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so a, a feature from every character uh, on there, the, maybe like tentacles or the the Rorschachs from Ruth. Uh, you already described uh, the lights coming from the eyes of the bodies. Uh, that's part part of its leg last uh, episode so that's sun moon stars mm-hmm. um what else the ears maybe from shoko uh tusks from uh pastor very um and i think also just a shovel <laughs> like farmer applewhite because we described how um the trophy that neilith added to it is like also just objects can get incorporated as well so it, it, it represents all of you and as you come out of the dream realm with the egregore all the villagers gather around to marvel at it and they're all extremely like psyched about this cool thing does it fade away and when you need it it like it manifests or like the statue of liberty in ghostbusters 2 slash the colossus of Rhodes, does it just become inanimate it's a statue to like our glory it's our statue of liberty I, I like the idea of the, the statue and when we need it, it's it's like when the Power Rangers do the teleport and the, the, the colourful streak goes across the sky and sort of lands where they need to be. Uh-huh. So, yeah. I, I was thinking that like the body, which I believe was the trophy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is like the is like what the statue is that it just rises off the ground and then everything sprouts off from it when it's being uh called to action kind of in that Wait, sense. can we do it like the Power Rangers, where we each summon <laughs> our part of it with our own little special thing, and then it all comes together, and that can be our thing? Well, I mean, you you could have almost a, a small, like, not really, like, statues, but small, like, relics of it all throughout town near the different contributing representatives on it, and then they all fly together and assemble when necessary, for sure. <gasps> We should also discuss the size of this thing, because I'm picturing it, if it is like a statue in the center of town, it is not Statue of Liberty or Colossus of Rhodes size. That's too big. But it is like mm-hmm. if one of you got in its tummy like a cockpit, you could, you know, mech around. Yeah. You know, just mech around. <laughs> just mech around. Mecking around town. Just mecking around. What are you doing, mech stuff? You're, you're mecking your way around town. Got it. Okay. I, I do like the, the idea that when we need this thing summoned, like every person in town's house has like one little beam of light as their bit comes to join the Voltron. Mm hmm. It's very wholesome. Uh, you may have noticed, audience, that you do not hear the voice of Chris Larios. That is because Chris slash Genius of Grendel are up to something. Uh, which we may hint at throughout this episode and through the episodes going forward. Uh, we have things in motion. I, all I'll say in-universe is that you see the genius of Grendel uh, roll away from this town congregation. Everyone's around the egregore like, oh my gosh, look at this. Oh, look at the forearms. It's so cool. Oh, it has a tail. And the genius just wordlessly rolls away. Uh, and that's something they do all the time. It doesn't strike you as particularly noteworthy. Uh, but mm-hmm. that that is something I want you to hold in your mind as we go forward. Um, do, do not worry. You will hear more from Chris Larios. We have a recording session planned for Friday. Uh, Chris is writing one shots. There's going to be a lot more Chris, but also we're up to something. This is this is where I resist the urge to be like, just to be a dick. I roll insight to realize that something's up. <laughs> I'm going to roll. Ins- I'm going to roll insight on the uh, on the dungeon master here. Uh, <laughs> See if the dungeon matters up to something here. Uh, you succeed, and then I tell you, Chris is at work right now because the schedule changed, and like 
Yeah, you find out he's he's bored and he's on Twitter. Wow, what such wow. insight! Uh. Wow, gosh, dang. Well, this will be cut out anyway. So, anyways, moving, <laughs> moving Chris on. Chris is wonderful. We love Chris. Um, so that's. Uh, does anybody have anything they want to do in this scene? This is just before we get into level ups. I just want to acknowledge everyone in town comes out and sees the egregore. They see that this is uh. Uh, you know, something everyone is part of through through Neolith. Neolith is the psionic conduit throughout which I can't say conduit without context. It's going to make people think things. You are the 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 the, 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 the psionic connection. <laughs> you are the connection through which thoughts flow. But it's everybody's egregore. It's a socialist egregore. <laughs> I point out my horrifying pile of dead bodies with glowing eyes to sun, moon, stars, expecting... Sun, moon, stars to be flattered. I'm not. Yeah, sure. she is. Neelith <laughs> uh, turns to anyone who's around and simply says, "Next time you're having a really bad dream, uh, this thing's really good at fighting bad dreams." Yeah. So the party has reached level seven. Who wants to tell me about it first? I will. I'm going to be confident and just jump in and do it. No one stopped me. Hell yeah. Um, so level seven for a bard is not like a particularly eventful level, like not a huge amount happens. Um, Neelith now has a little bit more HP, uh, has one new spell, and uh, she's got her first fourth level spell slot. Uh, so the new spell she has got is Locate Creature. Mm. Mm. The bane of every dungeon master's existence when they want to hide something from you. I mean, there are ways to hide things from this, and I've only got one spell slot, so I can only use it once. So just like hide two things from me, and I'm I'm screwed. <laughs> but yeah, it's enough. it's a spell that in a small town like this seems very useful because a lot of things will be within range of hey hey where 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 who will where where is that creature? Yeah. Also, the flavor is really on point because now all of you are low key uh, connected to a big. Um, Frankenstein statue. So if you wanted to locate exactly. somebody, you can just kind of ping this the tower, as it were. Yeah, I could be like, all right, where's where's the uh, where's the the wing part of the Voltron's owner? Where are you at? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's fun. Uh, so I don't want to go right into the scene of you uh, opening the restaurant up for a hungry Venta who was stuck in their cave during the storm. But I assume uh, there is much more traffic in the wind and dine flare in the coming days because. Uh, a big trophy just appeared in the town square, so every, it's really fresh in everyone's mind that you kick a, ass. A big, a big trophy telling everyone how amazing I am. I'm so good. I'm great. I'm wonderful. Everyone, please like me. <laughs> please clap. Just, <laughs> please clap. <laughs> so, uh, you're, I think you're cleaning up after a hard day behind the grill. Uh, you know, a lot of people left very happy with their service. Um, but as you as you're finishing up the dishes for the night, I think the door opens and you hear this very strange sound of clip clopping hooves on your floor. Hmm. Um. No one I currently know that is a named NPC in town has hooves that I'm aware of, do they? It's it's very confusing to you until you uh, like peek out from the kitchen and you see Drip, uh, the shark horse. Oh, okay, that makes more sense. I was assuming someone was walking in with um, uh, coconut coconut shells on their feet so they could sound like a horse. I thought this was a practical joke. <laughs> I mean, it's funny you say that because I, actually now looking at the character list, Governor Gigi does have cloven hooves. Although I imagine they probably wear boots when they go outside. But yeah, just for the record. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> yeah. Also, I think their clip clopping is not as loud and as uh, aggressive as a full shark horse would. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the drip, the shark horse, as we've discussed, uh, horse shaped hammerhead skull, shark like skin, uh, and just absolutely bedazzled in the latest fashions. Uh, fur- furry boots, uh, warm sweater, stylish hat. Uh, probably some kind of tail warmer. They have that shark split tail. That's very cool, but it's in a big cozy. Um, I, I think of I think about Drip's fashion pretty much every day because <laughs> this poor horse is just on just doing his own thing. I, I also I also have to do a quick shout out to uh, Levi for uh, doing some art of Hale and Drip just making Aze's life terrible while <laughs> yeah. they're just drinking it up and partying around Aze's house just. Yeah, last we left Drip, uh, Hale, the historian, is riding him around Aze's place, just (laughs) knocking things over. Uh, But Drip walks into your restaurant and just begins, just like an animal, kind of browsing around, nosing around the tables and so forth. Uh, You do do not share a language with this creature, so... Uh, Well, I can use... I could cast tongues. This spell grants the creature you touch the ability to understand any spoken language it hears. Moreover, when the target speaks, any creature that knows at least one language and can hear the target understands what it says. So the target does not know any languages because it's a horse, oh. but it will be able to understand. It will be able to understand you. Oh, well, okay, okay. Um, hey, Drip. Um, can I help you with something specific? Clop once for yes, two for no. <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny. Uh, Drip snorts uh, like a horse, but revealing rows after row of just the most steak knife teeth you've ever seen before. Kind of horrifying. Maybe there's like specks of flesh in there from whatever whatever you all feed this animal. Um, but it's it just looks like a goofy ass horse as it kind of clops over to you and uh, clops once for yes. If you cast the spell tongues, what does that look like? Mm, what does the spell tongues look like? Um, feed it a tongue dish, a dish made of tongues. I, I'm kind of horrified by the thought, but it, I, I do kind of like the thought of cooking up a, um, like a, like a tongue and like a beef tongue and lettuce sandwich <laughs> and just having like the, the sandwich mouth that is talking with the tongue stuck out. Oh no. <laughs> it's an, it's an animated talking sandwich. Mm-hmm. Like it's like, it's a BLT, it's a beets, lettuce and tongue sandwich, I guess, or something like that. <laughs> The tongue is ethically sourced from an animal that had already died. It's cool. Don't worry. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so that's another thing. Although your your restaurant is mostly vegan, uh, there are, I assume, meat eaters in the village? Yeah. Yeah, there are. Okay, I had this thought because I know the Baku ended up being like a weird Reddit guy, which <laughs> got away from me. That was not the intention. It was supposed <laughs> it, it was supposed to be my own feelings on the fact that veganism is the ethical and correct choice, and yet I still eat meat. And like, there isn't like a deep logic to it. Aze was like trying to argue with the mm-hmm. the Baku about like sustainability. And it's just like, yeah. I eat meat because I'm weak and I'm a bad person. I don't know what to tell you, which is kind of the Baku's <laughs> thing. I'm, 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 is, this, is one, this is another one of those cases where I kind of tap onto an actual theme without realizing it in my discussions with you, Austin. So the joke was just supposed to be that Freddy Krueger wears a fedora. So the Baku did as well. <laughs> that was all that. <laughs> yeah, but Freddy Krueger was also a fuckboy. <laughs> like, that's a fact. That's literally part of his character. Uh, <laughs> also, also, to be fair, 
you, you there are many, you could make uh, uh, a vegan substitute tongue of sorts because there's plenty of. Yeah. I assume what Austin's trying to get to here is is questions about um, does Neelith produce uh, meat stuff for themselves and how do they reconcile that? Is that sort of where you're heading? Uh, yeah, I mean, I just thought I'd get it on record that, like, I imagine Farmer Applewhite probably does have a couple of, like, sheeps and goats and cows somewhere. And are you involved in any of that or is that just a, a I do not see I, I do not see it. If I may give some historical context to farming, people usually didn't kill their animals in their prime. It was like more like putting your animal to sleep and then you just also ate it. So you can, under those circumstances, have ethical meat. I I think the situation for for Neelith is like, in the Wind and Dine Flayer, um, Actual brain-related meals are um, very much a no-go just because, hey, don't want to feed into the association of, hey, you should eat brains. Living people are a great source of those. Um, Mm -hmm. And while Neelith, I think, largely um, tries to to have vegetarian or vegan meal stuff herself, I think that she's got no problem with serving... Uh, meat when it's not brain related to other people. Like she's perfectly happy to prepare meat based dishes for other people. Um, I think her stance is very much that she's making her own personal choices about her consumption, but she's not going to pressure others into jumping to be to to making her dietary choices. Yeah. I mean, we could just write a whole like essay about <laughs> the ethics involved here and what this says about the show. But uh, just as a character beat that you get, you bring out this non-vegan tongue, you cast tongues, you ask Drip if, it, if he needs something specific, he clops once for yes. Um, uh, is, is, is it that you need, uh, food? Yes or no? Clop, clop. No. No. Uh, do you need me to... F- Follow you somewhere. Clop, yes. Okay. Uh, let's us and the talking sandwich <laughs> go then. Yeah, all, all your words are coming out of the sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Neil, if you carry this talking sandwich ahead of you as a drip pr- prances, uh, very dressage esque because he's been spending a lot of time with Hale. I really hope that Drip is addressing all of the questions to the the, the responses to the sandwich. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and Drip prances up to the egregore, which has settled down in the middle of town and become inanimate, like a statue. Um, and Drip kind of com- comes over and bonks their head again. Not bonks, but like pushes their head against it like a cat does when they're being affectionate. What? Did, did you want to contribute to the statue? Um, I so I think you you say that drip turns and looks at you and uh clops once, but then uh clops twice, as if to say yes and no. Um, hmm. hmm. Curious. Can you show me what you want? Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, drip clops once and then goes back and puts their their big hammer head against the. The Egregore, um, just to eliminate any ambiguity, uh, but to say, demonstrating behavior it wishes for you to emulate. Oh, um, yeah, Neelith, Neelith puts her head up against the Egregore. Yeah, so there's uh, you feel a tingling psionic sensation 
Um, just basically being tapped into everyone else's, not their thoughts. You're not mind reading, but just their presence Their You know, like when you could feel someone's in the same room as you. Yeah. Um, and you get kind of tingly as you get closer to that feeling. And then uh, Drip takes a step back and you see all across their skin where it is the hammerhead, uh, you know, that, that shark skin, that rough sandpaper skin uh, begins breaking out in extravagant hallucinogenic <gasps> color. Oh, I don't know what's happening, but you're very fabulous. <laughs> lads, lads, <laughs> lads, 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 lads. H- Hello? Hello, it is me again, your friend, the Alabrije. Are you in a horse? I am in the horse, yes. How did, how did you, how, how, how did you get in the horse? I am doing how you say, possession, yes. Leave the horse immediately. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, were you, were you the horse the whole time? The Alabrije says, no, no, not the horse. I am using it as vessel. This is famous behavior from Dream Realm. We use the, use your flesh puppets to send messages. We need to save the, the shark horse. Kill it immediately. (laughs) <laughs> next time next time can you possess i don't know a sandwich or something they're pretty good at talking they got tongues and everything this this animal this drip he give me permission to inhabit body he gets very lonely only as talk to him and he does spend time with the dragon born in japes and jokes but more people to talk to is good he love it yes you love it do not you love it yes now I know I am uh, happy to let him know he can come hang out and chill in the restaurant anytime. Oh yes, he would love this. He loves to eat the scraps. As he the, the color finishes, like uh, you know, uh, appearing on Drip's skin and big, beautiful butterfly wings like burst out of his back as he is fully possessed by the Alabrije. Um And it's just like now you're standing in the town square with this. LSD donkey butterfly again. Um, and it's you did ask him if he could come visit the village, so he's here. Hello. Hey. How how have how have you been? I have been excellent. Zibaku you defeat. He is now on tour to prove to everyone he is not bad guy. He is advocating for ethical treatment of dreams. To be honest, a bit preachy and annoying now. I mean, as long as you recognize their hearts in the right place and that there's good lessons to be learned from what they're trying to do. He is, how you say, slightly uh, pain in the ass. Before, (laughs) he was very cool before you imagine him with the sunglasses and the leather jacket. And we love this vibe. But now he is a yakety yak at all hours of day about, oh, food does not taste good anymore. I mean, I mean, I... I'm going to be honest, I prefer that to, oh no, my dreams are murdering me. That was, that was actively worse. Are you, are you saying between the two sides of the argument, you prefer the slightly annoying preachy side to the outright evil side? Surprisingly, <laughs> yes. I know, controversial hot take. It's like, like, listen, man, you used to be cool when you like almost killed people, but now that you don't do that anymore, you're kind of a square man, you know, just kind of lame. Gosh. The Alabrier says, oh, in addition to giving you Baku update, I also bring a warning. The quarry, 
the nightmares of evil, they have gotten your scent and they make moves to perhaps infiltrate the village. Oh, oh no, that's, that's, that's bad. Yes, just as I am doing now, uh, the quarry have the ability to take over a body if they can find a willing opening, or maybe over many years to manipulate someone into allowing them, but uh, it is difficult. They would take over all of Prime Material if it were easy, but I must warn you regardless. Can we do anything to stop them? Like, can is this a case where, like, if, if I write on my forehead you do not have permission to be in here, <laughs> then they can't come in? Ah, the vampire rules. <laughs> you must yeah, have... exactly. Wouldn't that be grand? No, you must just... It would! You must practice vigilance, mental hygiene, psionic defenses, and not letting your mind have evil thoughts that attracts them. Town of lovely, very nice, lovely people. No one here has ever had an evil thought, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, the Alaverhe looks directly into the camera. <laughs> I, I, I like to think of the uh, idea of it's like the quarry kind of shows up and in the dream you're just like, are you a quarry? You got to tell me. You got to tell me if you're a quarry, right? That's the that's the law, right? Uh -huh. Like, no, it's no, that's not the case. Uh, but yeah, I, I left the description of the quarry in the last time segment on this episode, so the audience will remember their very gross vibe. But the, these creatures are still out there. They're aware of you now, and they are in the background lurking for uh, susceptible souls. So that's something I want to let you know. Also now, if you if you want the Alibrihe's company, uh, they can visit you through Drip. Oh, heck. Who also gets another friend. I, I think I think Neelith's takeaway from this is that every now and then when she's cooking alone in the kitchen now, she's every now and then just going to turn around and go, I know you're there. And then get back to what she's doing. Just, 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 just keep them on their toes. Just mid-conversation with other yeah. people will be like, get out of here. <laughs> keep them on their toes. You're not going to get me. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the, the donkey butterfly, uh, just like... A, you know, gives you a, a snout nuzzle, you know, just affectionately pushes their snout into you, Neelith, and says, It was wonderful to meet you. I am now to return to Dream Realm, where I can have anything I want at any time. It is honestly much better than this place, which seems pretty cold. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty cold here. Um, if you do this again and you need to let me know that it's you and that I need to touch the thing, just just do five clops. Five clops can be, hey, it's me, go touch the, 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 the trophy. For security purposes, should we have two-factor clop authentication? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you, you gotta consult your iPod in order to make sure you get your uh, verification code to uh, the pair with it, you know. Clop as many times as I happen to have tomatoes in the kitchen that day. <laughs> All right. Anything else, Neelith? I just wanted you to have the, the friend you asked for uh, to acknowledge Drip uh, has more friends than they seem and that there's, a, there's still enemies out there. Do you want any of my cooking while you're here? <gasps> yes. Do you have any borscht? I can certainly try and whip some up. My family's Ukrainian. I'm allowed to make these jokes. <laughs> That's all, that, I, that was also your excuse for mispronouncing the Alabrihe last time. It's like they're speaking with a Ukrainian accent. Yeah. I'm, do you have Halushki? 
Lushki. Yes. Uh, if you if you run me through what that is, I can do my best to do it. Oh, Halushki is great. It's a. Uh, mm. uh, I'll send you. I'll put a link at the. <laughs> it's a noodle dumpling thing. It's great. Every everyone oh, in Europe sounds good. Everyone in Europe has their own. Obviously, I grew up with the Ukrainian version, but I'm looking at the Wikipedia now. There's a Czech version, a Polish version, a Romanian version. Send me links. I need to see these foods. Mm-hmm. And work out if there's a good pun I can make up for them. Okay. Mm. Someone else tell me about their level seven while Laura and I look at Halushki. So I got a few more hit points and I got two new spells. Oh. And they're, should I say what they are? Or should I keep it a secret? I, I think you could say what they are, but. Um... One is Blight. Mm-hmm. And the other is Fabricate. And I really am so excited <laughs> to use Fabricate. Extremely excited. As soon as I saw Fabricate as a spell, I'm like, oh, this is such a slime spell. Yeah. It's like mending, but on steroids, pretty much. That was a really good pick. Thank you for pointing that one out to me. I appreciate it. Because what I can do is I can see a raw material like wood or rocks or whatever, and then change it into something else like a bridge or a chair or you know a gallows a guillotine yeah it's like you want you need to make a new desk you know you don't need saws hammers tools or even like relevant measuring skills just there's there's some trees bam it's a desk well i puke on it and then it becomes a desk it's funny you say that because how i was thinking slime would spend their downtime is uh fixing the spirit Halloween now with real swords, which got smashed by the Krampus. Mm -hmm. And you, at the time, mentioned fixing it with your puke, but uh, there was a the game was afoot, and we didn't really have time to stop. So I want to zoom into your downtime scene with you and Marina, who are there fixing up the displays, filling in the cracks with your puke, and just generally straightening things up all nice. Do you want to paint us that picture? Also, you could show off Fabricate if you have an idea for that. Ah, so I go outside and puke on some rocks and turn the rocks into a giant sign that says Spirit Halloween, now open two months a year. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, only two, not two additional months in the winter? You've taken away their summer hours too? Well, because you have to change the name from Spirit Halloween to Holiday Madness or whatever, and that's a different store. Obviously, oh, <laughs> uh, there was a there was a great post. I think it was Cosmignon made about every holiday we've invented over the history of this show. <laughs> yeah, uh, Corellan Miss, the Eternal Solstice, Worms Giving, Ogster, Beekoween, <laughs> and now Young Day. So there's a lot of different uh, holidays that this shop can cater to. And then also Slime attempts small talk, and says, Marina. I wish to neural network with sun, moon, stars. (laughs) Gossip. (laughs) But my techniques of emotional manipulation, or as you call it, romance, are lacking. (laughs) Okay. I think that might say more about you, Mari, but we'll glide past it. (laughs) I wish... (laughs) Neural network is not like sex. It's because they love... Sun, moon, stars. They just see human interaction as strange. Or person interaction as strange. Yeah. I think Marina says, Oh, you, f- you fancy yourself sweet on sun, moon, stars then? Sun, moon, stars is not made of sugar. 
I see what you've done there. That was very clever. Have you thought about uh, maybe taking her out somewhere fancy? Having some nice candles and some wine? Uh, I will die if I have wine. Oh, well, that does limit your options for romance, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) Can she have the wine? Yes, she can have. I will give her wine. I will give her rotten fruit. Uh, where do I want to go? I, 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 love, <laughs> I love that your version of uh, girl talk about romance is giving people rotten fruit. What do you do to manipulate people into giving you affection? Oh, dear. Well, I, I've got to say the dating pool for my people, the denizens, is kind of shallow at the moment. My mom's the only one I've met of my own kind, you know? Uh, according to people who study this kind of thing, we only kind of appeared recently in uh, a country next door. Do you know about all this? You've been around a while. Sun, moon, stars, and I are not the same kind, and yet it works, maybe. I've thought about it, of course, but, you know, I do kind of want someone with four arms. Have you ever met, like, a Goro situation? Hmm, four arms. Mm-hmm. They seem necessary to you, I don't know why, but... Hand-holding, come on. Oh, four hands, four holdings, right. Why don't you just have two partners, with each with two hands? <gasps> oh, I never thought of that. That's genius. I was thinking about how empty my two hands would be, and I was so sad, but I'd never thought of it like that. You're a genius, Slime. There's lots of two-hand people. Mm-hmm. You can get two of them. You're so right. What do you think? Do you think anybody in town likes me? I think if you brought them rotten fruit, you would have a chance. Well, I'll keep that I'll keep that in mind, I guess, but I don't know. I feel like you know, I've lived here for a while. Cer- certainly somebody has to have a crush on me. Your hands sure can there's lots of them, so more is better. <laughs> As I've seen studying these people, it seems that they like more and less is bad. More is good. Oh, that's not I mean, some moon stars is quite little and you like her. Sun, moon, stars is big where it matters. Oh, this is so sweet. Oh, <laughs> what? What if? Okay, so you integrate with people, right? You can like climb inside their bodies, like you have a body now. Like once again, th- while this conversation's happening, you're vomiting <laughs> actively, <laughs> and <laughs> and she's like hammering nails, like putting up display cases. She says, w- "Would like getting inside of sun, moon, stars be?" A desirable romantic situation? No, I simply wish to network with her neurons and nerves. But you don't want to drive her around like the the corpse? No. Okay. Because then you can't do that to living people. They get upset and die. What if they wouldn't get upset? Even if I could control Sun Moon Star's brain, I choose not to. But I would like to network so that I could understand her better. I have to say, Slime, I have—I don't have that much dating history, but not wanting to control your partner seems like a pretty rare asset, and I, uh, kudos to you, I guess. <laughs> it's nice that someone likes me without forcing their neurons to do so. I, 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 was, I, was, I was expecting that when Marina suggested someone having a crush on her, Slime was going to say, well, I hope nobody has an interest in causing your molecules to be pressed closer together, thus killing you. 
oh, missed opportunity. <laughs> oh, fuck. What? This is so wholesome. It is. Do you have any hot goss? <laughs> <laughs> Do I have any hot goss? I'm trying to think of um of the relationships in town because I, I didn't want to put anything you know in stone just in case because sometimes the character you know the player characters like to date around and I didn't want a Garrus and Tally situation <laughs> where you feel bad for taking one away from the other even though Tally Zora is my girlfriend. <laughs> Absolutely not. Tally will never have Garrus. You brought it up and now I'm mad. <laughs> I know, that's what I'm saying. This is what I wanted to avoid. <laughs> um, but we can, we can start uh, a rumor here. We can start something. We can be like, what, what if, uh, you know, the, the governor has a crush on Potter? Who knows? Something like that. <gasps> when I stare through people's windows at night, sometimes when they go to the bathroom, they don't wash their hands. I feel like the gossip there is that Slime is watching people in the bathroom. You know who has lots of tentacles and appendages? Neelith. Yeah, are you trying you think I should take Neelith on a date? You don't you wouldn't even need two. You wouldn't even need two Neeliths, you just need one. <laughs> <laughs> one Neelith is enough to hold all your hands. And more. <laughs> See, the question is, are you enough for Neelith? Have you got enough hands? (laughs) You ain't got enough hands for all these tentacles. Actually, now that I think about it, you don't have enough hands for Neelith, so... No. (laughs) Hands seem to be important in this equation, and I feel like Neelith deserves lots of hands. Do you, the the only problem of trying to set up Marina and Neelith is my terrible British accent and Laura's <laughs> real one <laughs> clashing. <laughs> Look, we just we just make it canon that they have been faking their British accent the whole time that they've been in the town. <laughs> and now it's too late to go back. It's too late to like reveal that it was never real. There actually is lore to why Marina talks like that from last season. Is there's the British tutors and the royal family of Wormwood and then how the denizens came to exist. And there actually is an explanation. It doesn't really matter, but it, it there it does there's there's a reason. Um okay, so I'm going to ask out Neelith and Ruth cuz they both have lots of tentacles and we'll see what happens. This seems like a logical plan for your hands. Thank you, Slime. And you should definitely try to give fruit and wine to Sun Moon Stars and see how that goes. I bet I bet she'll love it. Do I take her to the food or I take the food to her? Ooh, both could be nice. People like a fancy restaurant, but they also love a picnic, you know? Oh, God. Yeah. Which one? Um, You have to figure out what is more romantic, you know, being surrounded by graves and possibly corpses or being at the prestigious, renowned... <laughs> wine to dine flair and more importantly it allows for an opportunity for uh neelith to prattle off about some of the 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 best items on the menu in person to the both of you i i feel like i feel like the graveyard's the better option (laughs) 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 don't come to the place where neelith is just going to be wittering your ear off while you try and have a (laughs) date Well, if you are going to go for the picnic option, I don't think you should do it in the cemetery. That's where she spends all of her time. You need to make it special. Bring her somewhere she doesn't normally go. 
the deadly cliff at the top of the mountain, she never goes there. <laughs> Perfect. And they say women love danger. <laughs> no, I will take her to my home with Kat. She will love it. That's very forward. I never realized you might not be socialized to understand this, but inviting someone into your home right away is a big step. Especially if you're proposing to show them your cat, you know, that's also... Oh, fuck. Come on. What? That's, a, that's an Austin joke. You're above that sketch. I am not above that, and you know it. No, I, I like the deadly cliff. I feel, I, I feel like that would be something. That's spicy. Ah, a windy, deadly cliff, yes. Austin, I have very important information. I would love to hear I have Haluski-related food puns that are also brain puns that I need to share with the audience. Do it, uh, do so, it. So far, I, the, these are both a little bit of a pronunciation stretch, but I've got Haluski-napses, Haluski-napses, mm. or, or Haluski-pathalamus. <laughs> Hallucinopathalamus. I like that uh, latter one a lot. You know, I, I think I think hallucinopathalamus works. Hallucinopathalamus. It's very good. There's a pun there. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I guess I'm gonna have at some point Marina try to get a date with Neelith. I have no idea how that's gonna go, but I do love the the idea of the to the dating multiple people as well for the arms. That's great. <laughs> Uh, speaking of, I don't actually have a transition, but it's too late. I'm already into the sentence. Uh, level seven sketch. I was going to say speaking about Ruth, but yeah, speaking about level seven, uh, sketch. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. So speaking about level seven, uh, yeah. So Aze is level seven. He is, uh, maintaining being a druid. I got a lot of people, um, making bets in the discord about how many classes Aze will be by the end of the campaign. You might be disappointed by the number because of story reasons, but Skitch loves multi-classing, but Ozzy loves stars more. I, listen, I love multi-classing, but multi-classing as a function of storytelling um, is more of my kind of gig there. Like as much as I like munchkinning, like theory crafting in this case, I got to stick to the story and the story is that Ozzy is too much of a gross star nerd, depending on who's drawing him or just describing what he is as a youth um, to, to break from the path. So he's a level seven druid. Um, all he gets is fourth level spell slot and um, the ability to prepare fourth level spells. And the current fourth level spell he has prepared in case he needs it is hallucinatory terrain. Oh, I mean, that's once again, narratively, that seems like you got that from your last adventure, which was set on a hallucinatory terrain. <laughs> Yeah, and being able to recreate said terrain if necessary. What's useful about it is that it takes about 10 minutes to cast, but the terrain can last for a full day. So um, if needed to, for example, recreate the stars that he saw in the star field or um, needing to, I don't know, depict what his nightmare looked like for someone, I don't know who, <laughs> you know. Oh, uh, look at look at someone maybe possibly working through their nightmares in a healthy way with their therapist. <laughs> Loser. I, uh, Ew. That seems that seems like a disgusting <laughs> and reprehensible idea there. I like it. So uh Anyway, so you're in Ruth's office. Mm-hmm. Her office is a Carmack, Q-A-R-M-A-Q. It's a it's a kind of dwelling which is uh, basically the 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 rib cage of a giant whale right. with the furs draped over it. It has a very womb feeling, 
which at first is off-putting, but then feels cozy because it's also enchanted to relax you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it it's very Freudian uh, immediately mm-hmm. uh, as you're in this warm womb-like bubble with Ruth, the therapist, who is a floating psychic jellyfish. She has in her tentacles a pen and a pad of paper to take notes. And she says, so you faced the nightmare, but this time... The nightmare ended happily. How does that make you feel? <sighs> to be honest, it was satisfying to get a leg up on the Baku when I was thrust into that situation, but living through the nightmare in a more vivid and almost more real manner has certainly put a bit of strain on my mind. I've uh, I've been having the same dream, but the outcome has been as it normally is when I reach the end of it. And living through it might have just caused me to think about it more so. Mm. Yes, it would be so wonderful if you could just confront it once and all your problems were over, wouldn't it? Bad for my business, but good for your brain. Indeed. It's been a... It's been a... It's been... One week since you looked at me. (laughs) (laughs) This is me trying to get in character, so... (laughs) Oops, sorry. Oh, fuck. Ruth has a huge bare naked ladies poster on the wall behind her desk. <laughs> um, yeah, so Ozzy, Ozzy just just looks outside and mutters, "It's been just a recurring dream at this point, much like it was years ago after the incident." Now we've discussed the incident vaguely many times. Tell me the last time you saw Voya. The last time that I saw Master Voya was the night before she disappeared from Grendel. I knew Master Voya. We've both been here longer than most of the residents. She did not tell me she was leaving, but many people seem to believe she told you. For some time... There was an air of suspicion. Would you say that's fair? That would be an accurate uh, description. I remember. I remember Potter and Gigi both uh, questioning me about what had happened for an extensive period of time, for what felt like weeks after Voya's disappearance. I think we both know Voya well enough to know that she would not have wanted that. Do you feel any anger towards her for leaving you in that situation? I don't feel any anger towards her, but it certainly left me in a spot where I felt alone without anyone to consult in my interests and perhaps for a period without anyone who could even 
trust me fully. I, I fear, I feared then, and sometimes I still think now that there are individuals in Grendel who still don't fully trust me about what I do because of that moment. Do you find that you trust yourself less? You used to make the trip up to the new world with some frequency. I do not know that you have left once since she disappeared. That is, that is indeed the case. I think even leaving Grendel earlier in the winter to investigate the, uh, investigate the travelers and subsequently finding drip was quite a lot for me to go through it was it was difficult to even leave the 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 perimeter of the town itself do you think this is what she would have wanted you stuck here not carrying on her work blaming yourself having the terrible nightmares about her death that we don't even know are accurate. I just feel that I still need to do so much more to continue her work properly before I can be content with resuming trips up beyond. Well, let's make that a long-term goal. We have much work to do, but if you set a concrete finish line, it may help you to see your progress. So let's say once summer begins, we are aiming to get you back up to the new world again. How does that sound? It's been it's two been... years at least. <laughs> Every time. See, yeah, that one was in character. It's been two long years already, I think. Once we're past winter, I can make an effort to make a trek up beyond once more. I will try at the very least, though it may not, it may not be easy. I think you are stronger than you know. You are one of the biggest people in the village. You have spells, most potent. You have cool charts. I am just a flump. If you flip me over, I'm completely helpless. Your your stature does not speak to your character, though. You provide a much-needed service to those that need it, and you do it impeccably well, Ruth. Well, thank you. I've just been thinking since the Baku incident that so many people had terrifying nightmares of killer spiders and raging sentient fire and... I was in a hole. <laughs> so sometimes problems are big and sometimes problems are small, but each person's problems seem like the most difficult because they're the only problems you know. Stephanie, she carries no burdens. None. <laughs> I mean, well, the, the, the problem with that whole thing was that Ozzy had two nightmares he had to go through. You know, that I one. Know, that's, that's so, so <laughs> it's difficult. So, it's so unfair, you know? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Aze agrees to try to go back up to the surface after the winter. That's a good tangible goal to work towards in your mental health journey. Mm -hmm. uh, so 
where I want to go next from these level up scenes is the uh, Young Day celebration. Mm. So uh, after the snowstorm has gone away, people begin like decorating the town square, wheeling out floats. Uh, Let's all together workshop what this holiday entails. It's a celebration of uh, exploration and bravery uh, encapsulated in the the legendary figure of Captain Young from the neighboring kingdom of Wormwood. It's also where Marina is from. Um, What kind of uh, traditions and activities do you think this would entail? Well, I like to think of something like almost like an Easter egg hunt adjacent sort of thing, like something that involves exploring and finding little trinkets that are representative of Captain Young and otherwise that are hidden around town. I I like the thought that someone from the village every year has to dress up as Captain Young as their bi- sort of biggest, bravest, strongest piratey captain mm-hmm. uh, to hide, I don't know, whatever it is around town that we are looking mm-hmm. for. Right. It, it's yeah. So it's the uh, the Captain Young just goes around and hides hides trinkets for the others to find as a way to sort of like allow time for everyone to kind of appreciate everyone else's residences, places of work, and just the town itself. Uh, it also gives a good reason to help clean up things further after the snowstorm. Yeah. What do you, I'm trying to think as far as trinkets go. Uh, like there has to be like a symbol of the, of the, you talk about the thing that, oh shoot. The thing that you used to like, uh, look at stars while on the ships and stuff or like an item. One of the characters had, oh, I know exactly what this is. Fuck. It was so obvious. I'm sorry. It took me a little long to think of it. Uh, the, the person who dresses up as captain young goes around town and hides toasters all over ah. for, for people to find. Uh, none of you have any context for what these devices are, but they have become a symbol of exploration and bravery over the centuries. <laughs> <laughs> because this is an item Captain Young carried with them, even if they didn't really know what it did. Their meaning has been lost to the ages. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's all roll survival to have a, a toaster hunt through Grendel. Uh, who is Captain Young this year? That's Good question. Uh, I my uh, intuition is that we assign a number to all the villagers and roll for it. I I think so. I, including including the moist watch in this case, or yeah. All right, so that would be like we should roll a d fourteen in that case. Nine. Mm. So that's an NPC. That's Farmer Applewhite. Oh, mm. okay. there we go. So Farmer Applewhite, the biggest person in town, uh, half giant, is wearing, I guess, a costume which has two fake arms. Captain Young is a thrycrine, which is a kind of anthropomorphic uh, insect, basically like a mantis person. Mm-hmm. So the, these tiny uh, little arms <laughs> as part of the costume, uh, completely dwarfed by her sick guns. Uh, and then also a, just like a chitin costume with like a pirate hat. Exactly. <laughs> and so she's walking around like... Let's have a clean match. Everybody get out there and uh, let's find those toasters, eh? Uh, so we're rolling survival to search for toasters. Mm-hmm. Eleven. Yeah, let's see. Whoever gets the highest finds the most toasters. I, yeah, I, oh my God. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> All right. So, Two botches. Yeah, so Ozzy rolled a natural one. And what a slime roll? A natural one plus two. Mm. 
My 11 ain't looking so bad now, huh? <laughs> All right, so Neelith, you find the most toasters. Why don't you paint this maybe the picture of you winning, and then I, we need to paint two pictures of abject failure. So this is exciting. Everyone gets to have an involved scene of this toaster hunt. Oh, um... So I think the way that this goes is that Neelith is just sort of, just sort of sensing everyone's vibes of like, aha, there seems to be lots of things here, oh no, there's not much here, and is instinctively going where the good vibes seem to be, and that's that's cluing them into finding finding these toasters, and sure, they've not found an impressive amount, but they've found more than none. Yeah, with an, ele- with an 11, you didn't so much dominate as you were uh, the only competent person. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so I think at this point Neelith realizes that uh, both Arze and Slime have basically not found any, uh, any, any toasters at all. Uh, so I think out of sympathy, um, Neelith is just before the hunt finishes gonna start dropping a couple of her toasters, sort of near Arze and Slime, and sort of in their path, and hope that they they stumble into them. Uh, Slime trips over the toaster and then continues to keep walking, looking for toasters. (laughs) (laughs) Just not internalizing what toasters look like for a moment. They they don't know what a toaster is, but they're doing their best. (laughs) I was going to say the opposite, which is that Slime is from a time, like Slime has lived long enough to have known what, what toasters actually were, and so that these arts and crafts simulacrum <laughs> don't register her register to her as toasters because they're not actually functional. This makes sense, actually. I <laughs> slime trips over an actual art mache. I don't know what's what's the word. The paper craft. mache. A paper. <laughs> slime stumbles over a paper mache. Toaster, unable to recognize it as what they once knew a toaster to be, and continues to look for a toaster. All right. Well, Aze, uh, his his way of failure um, involves drip. Um, basically, <laughs> Aze is looking about the town, uh, skulking, following tracks, following tracks that might have been left by uh, by Farmer Applewhite. A toaster? No, oh. by Farmer Applewhite. <laughs> but in fact, the tracks were caused by drip just heading off to some area of town to have a snooze um Aze proceeded to you know to trip or otherwise lose his balance drip gets startled um uh dressages too aggressively and causes the snow on the top of the little shed it was napping uh, it was napping in to fall on Aze burying Aze in a bunch of snow oh, no. leaving him to just be on the ground just, Not a dressive dressage. Yeah. <laughs> Hardcore dressage is no joke, you know? It's Aggressage. Like, yeah. Aggressage. Um, I remember that Netflix series quite intensely. I like to imagine that Aze is taking this extremely seriously as a test to your ability for tracking and skills. Like Ozzy's laying under the ground, like 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 he's buried from the neck down in snow. And remember, he doesn't wear sleeves. This guy had the guns out, and he's just seeing, just thinking. <laughs> I thought this would be good to take my mind off of my problems, but and then as he says that, some more snow falls off the the roof and lands right on his face, just bury him completely. And then he's just like 
laying there for a while, just taking it all in to just think about what he's done wrong in his life for a little bit. I I think at this point, um, Neelith will literally just go put a toaster in the pile of snow that Arze is buried in. <laughs> So that, like, there's no way Arze can not stumble into it while digging themselves out, and it's like, ah, oh, it turns out there was one here. Well done, Arze. It's fine. The only way it could go, it could go worse is if, like, Drip like ate the toaster, <laughs> ate the paper mache toaster after you left. <laughs> I, I think the I think the slime Neela literally just put like tries to sneak one in slime's basket while they're not looking. <laughs> Like, no, you found one! It's right there in your basket! I haven't found any toasters, only this piece of paper. I don't know why, but I just think a basket explicitly to put paper mache toasters in is very funny. <laughs> <laughs> so, Neelith, you won the hunt. What do you think's the, the prize? Because I could definitely see Governor Gigi giving you something extremely lame, or just like a genuinely like a fun D&D upgrade, be like, oh, you're you're your pet pots and pans are non-stick now, so plus one. <gasps> or you can just be like, "Here, here's a nice ballpoint pen, because <laughs> I'm a fucking weirdo. I, 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 I think it's a... I don't know if these are a British thing, or if you have them in America, but like... If you ever went to like like a career fair or something, you'd sometimes get these little things that were like a little... like ball of fluffy material with googly eyes on it and mm. feet that were stickers you, you could just sort of stick it in place and they they'd be like mascots for mm-hmm. like aha buy our product um i'm picturing like a little town like just just a little tiny throwaway from the office of the mayor thing it's Aww. like yeah there you go it's a little it's a little fluffy thing we don't have a name for it but it's a thing we got a desk full of them in the office Okay, I mean that definitely. Let me let me hit you with this uh, little twist on the suggestion, which is: what if the governor had one of those and made it uh, resemble the egregore? Because <gasps> now it's like the symbol of the village. So what if you have a little like fluffy, <gasps> squishy uh, egregore? Oh, one hundred percent. That's perfect. It's gonna live on the little desk in the wind and dine flare, where like, you know, the little window you would have so that you can see from the kitchen out into the restaurant. It's up on there. I feel like this is going to become, like, the village's version of, like, a toy Eiffel Tower you get in France, or Leaning Tower of Pisa, I guess, maybe. Yeah. Well, see, it'll really take off next summer when, you know, when all the tourists are there and we summon the Dream Voltron and everyone's like, ah, shit, this town got lit over the winter. (laughs) Yeah, the governor's using you for as a focus group for the merch. I I mean, Neelith 100% buys into it. She's very happy to be a guinea pig for merchandise. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so the governor announces your victory to the uh, little crowd here. Uh, Ozzy's buried in a snowdrift somewhere. I think Slime wanders in like halfway through. But then the governor does say, Hark, Neelith, uh, I did have a confabulation and I needed to run by you. Have you seen our mutual acquaintance, the genius of Grendel, recently? Out of character, how long has it been since we have seen the genius? And is that normal? Uh, not since uh, the genius rolled away from the egregore. It's uh, a couple weeks. Is weeks long enough that a, a, a regular amount of time to have not seen the genius for? 
I'd say it's probably on the borderline. Like it's not unusual for them to disappear into their work for a week or two at a time, but usually they they pop up at that around now. So I'd say it's like you're edging into the gray area. Of okay. Concern. I wanted to confirm this wasn't a. Oh, we usually see them daily, and we've just not cared before now to ask. <laughs> no, no, I, I definitely don't want to make you all heartless yeah. and indifferent. I'd say it's get, it's getting to the point where it's normal to be worried. Uh, I mean, I mean, no, I haven't. I assumed that they'd been a bit sort of head down, because Dream Realm, lot of a lot of fodder for new experiments. Um. Yeah, I would have expected them by now. They've not even, you know, they've not even come uh, done the customary thing that they usually would do when they haven't been around for a while, which is come into the wind and dine flare just to say I don't eat and then leave. They seem to find it hilarious. <laughs> um, yeah, that's yeah, that's a weird one. <laughs> that is a classic genius caper, I must say. Yeah, let me sit. Let me sit down and ponder n- n- what I will not eat. Ha ha ha! Where I go. I only bring it up now because next up we have uh, an event I think they would find most electrifying. It's the the float race. I I mean, fingers crossed they've been preparing for this and that's why they've been quiet and they're going to burst out with, you know, a super powerful mega float that has like, I don't know, it, the wheels explode and that gives them speed boosts. At this point, you see uh, Marina and Sun Moon Stars, who were on the planning committee, wheel out some colorful floats meant to represent the ships in Captain Young's fleet, the Thriller Bark, uh, the Romance Dawn, and a couple others. And they're all, uh, the, the, like, the the sails are beautiful. Marina did a great job. But the, the architecture is a little wonky. Uh, no one here is a shipbuilder. So that's questionable. All of these floats uh, are wheeled onto, a, like, a little track, almost like a go-kart track for the the Young Day race. So everyone, uh, vehicle proficiency check to race. Neelith doesn't have any way to improve her own float. No, I'm not going to do this. I was considering use heat metal to overheat someone else's float, but that's <laughs> that's too mean. Well, the only thing I could think Neil is possibly doing is wanting to have like one of her fellow Moist Watch members uh, have a little bit of a, a morale boost for the second event by giving them a snack slash bardic inspiration. But I'm not sure. Oh if no, the- she wants to win. She wants to win. Neilith's going for the triple crown. She's going to win all three events. Neelith wants to put some cooking oil on on her vehicle's wheels to try and, you know, slip slide to victory. I don't know if that's how friction works, Laura. <laughs> I, I'm not, I don't mean to call you out, homie, but I don't... <laughs> okay, okay, she'll put some molasses on her wheels. Oh, that... <laughs> that, that, that might not that help either, so... Mario Kart ass race. Uh, okay. I, I want to put bring a green shell and a bunch of bananas. I rolled an, a straight d20 and I got a 17. So Hell somehow yeah. her plan works. Uh, yeah, Ozzy rolled a 10. Uh, Mari, go ahead and roll just a d20 without any modifiers and let's see what you get. 11. Mm. Neelith wins again. So yeah, <laughs> paint me this picture of the victory. Feel free to banter. I mean, uh, a, a notable thing is that while you're all racing, I think you all look expectantly over your shoulder, expecting uh, 
uh, some kind of cart made out of lightning yeah. to burst out of the genius's shop and take to the track uh, because that's how they roll. But just yeah, there's nothing. I th- I think Neelith wins this by having uh, okay. I've 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 got a third idea of how this win happens. Um, <laughs> okay. So the the I was trying to think of like what's a food based equivalent of making like snow tires, uh, with the with the chains around the tires. And the best I could think was press a bunch of stale croutons into the uh, the the treads on the tire. So it's lots of bits that could sort of grip at the the ground. Is that how tires work? <laughs> Sure. Yeah, sure. there we go. It it did work, because Neelith came uh, first, or it was coincidence and the two events had nothing to do with each other, but Neelith chooses to believe that's why she won. I'm not gonna lie, I'm a bit, I'm a bit confused that I won. I really thought the genius was gonna, you know, oops, last minute, I created supersonic travel, I went faster than light, um, no. Azeo is of the group last to pass through pass through the through, passing the line and he uh is fairly quiet as Neelith is talking about like the genius coming in blazing whether you know it's it's not clear like if Ozzy's like in thought or otherwise but he just isn't really saying much to comment on that particular matter is, is it possible that the genius did win but they made their vehicle invisible to stealth the win, and they can't work out how to make the invisibility gone button work. It seems to me that the genius would never want to be invisible. I think this is the moment where Neelith is gonna cast Locate Creature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, read Locate Creature to the audience. Describe or name a creature that's familiar to you. So, the genius of Grendel. Uh, you sense the direction of the creature's location, as long as that creature is within 1,000 feet of you. If the creature is moving, you know the direction of its movement. Uh, you do not sense their location. And I think as you three are like talking about this, like at the finish line with your floats, the governor comes over and like grabs your wrist and holds it up and to announce you as the winner of the race to the crowd who claps politely. And they're like, Hark! Another victory for chef extraordinaire Neelith. And another... Boon from the treasury. <laughs> what what kind of goofy ass uh, prize do you get this time? A badge that you make with those make your own badge machines that also has a picture of the uh, the the Dream Voltron. <laughs> it's more Dream Voltron merch. <laughs> okay, uh, it's all gonna be Dream Voltron merch for a second there. I thought you were gonna say it has the governor's face on it. <laughs> I mean, we can have one with the governor's face on it. <laughs> Or, like, all the merch was governor-themed merch, and it has all been altered to be Egregore merch. Exactly. (laughs) He's, like, using it all to try to make this more lucrative enterprise work. Yeah. Uh, What a fucking goof. I think think the visual of this is that um, the governor is pinning this Dream Voltron badge onto Neelith and sort of holding her arm up and... uh, She's. She just looks confused and concerned and worried. Like she is not enjoying this victory at all. Farmer Applewhite, still dressed up as Captain Young, is like waving to the crowd and handing out, you know, refreshments and treats and so forth, and says, "Good job, Neelith. You're really killing it out there." Yeah. Yeah. Um. Thanks. Um. I'm. I'm gonna. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna duck out the the rest rest of this. I think I think I, I don't know. Something doesn't feel right. Oh, what's the matter? There's still one more event coming up. Yeah, but I don't. I don't know where the genius is. Oh, sure, surely in their workshop. I mean, I, no, I did the the brain thing to try and locate them, and they're not anywhere nearby. I think in the, in the background you see Marina and Sun Moon Stars setting up for the final event, which is a recreation of a famous gladiatorial game. Captain Young's crew were forced to participate in by by an evil king. He made the crew members fight to the death in his arena, and they had a heroic escape. And when they went up to the surface, um, at least that's how the story goes now. And so it's a kind of like a MMA match for people to do do fighting. Slime is completely unable to understand the fact that there's someone missing and simply walks away to go watch Sun Moon Stars have a cage in a <laughs> death match. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a great opportunity, Slime. Uh, not understanding that people, you know, go missing or what that means. Because you, you're just like, people exist and they're there. I don't know what you're... They're like. there. You would, <laughs> they would... Neil would have to explicitly say, they are gone now. Where are they? But they didn't, so we're walking away. <laughs> is this the where you uh, invite Sun Moon Stars on a date? Uh, well, Sun Moon Stars is in the middle of a performance. So Aww. I will wait until after. You're very respectful. Yeah, Sun Moon Stars sets up a, a, like a fake paper mache coliseum, like a little, uh, to the audience, you recognize it as like a sports stadium, but to, to everyone else, it's just like the ruins of an ancient gladiatorial combat arena. And it's supposed to be just like a little sparring match for people to fight in for Young Day. Um, and the Sun Moon Stars finish set, setting up and smiles at you and says, I bet you're going to win. You're very strong and very smart. I'm going to bring you rotten fruit. Aw, thanks. I will work on getting more hands. I know it's important. What? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, Don't right, worry. So we'll I won't think you're shallow for wanting lots of hands. I understand that hands are an important commodity. I will obtain more. I mean, we can always get more. I know a spot. We can have a dozen. We can do a hand bouquet. Ooh, yes. That's a lot of hands. You'll like that. <laughs> like instead of flowers, you just give each other severed hands. And I can stick the hands on my body. <laughs> okay, now we're getting, now this is becoming something else. <laughs> this is Cronenbergian. That's a, just, just like sticks out of my body. Well, yeah, because from what I can tell... Hands are very important, so therefore I will get uh, more hands. Oh no, Marina's been such a bad influence on you. Of <laughs> uh, anyone who takes wants to take part in the final game, uh, roll initiative. I don't think Neelith does. I think Neelith is trying to work out other ways that they can maybe track down where the genius is. So what did you roll for your initiative, uh, Mari? Seven. Aze rolled a three for initiative. Ah. All right, so liter literally this is now a combat between Slime and Aze. You two take the floor. You don't need me to, to speak. This is for the final event. I cast Earthbind. All right. Uh, what, what, do I, what do I need to do in response to that? 
You need to have, uh, roll 15 strength. It's a strength uh, strength save? Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, that would be... Ozzy rolls an 18. Damn it. <laughs> um, and, uh, gosh. Uh, I think what Ozzy will do in response to that, bonus action, tap into his astrological singularity. Um... Star body begins to glow with some light. The form of the manipulator, which is um, serpent plus hand, forms along his arms. And he will do the little two-part attack with that, with the um, the first attack being the little ranged spell attack against slime. That'll be D20 plus 8 for the attack roll there. That's 13. Uh, I'm a class 10, so... Yes. 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 Okay. Uh, so that would do eight damage from that. And then there's a follow up with a little bit of a twist of his other hand. And he will do his version of Thorn Whip, which has like the little star gleaming on it, to attempt to, I don't know, uh, to pull uh, Slime in closer. So let's see how that attack goes. It's the same sort of roll D20 plus eight. That's an 11. So I have a armor class of 10, so you still hit. Mm-hmm. And that will be damage 7, and Ozzy pulls Slime in close towards him, and that's what his turn ends up being. So a total of 15 damage and pulling. So that was two moves. Can I do two moves? Uh, only if one of them is a bonus action. You have to, ah. And if you do a spell as a bonus action then your regular action spell has to be a cantrip, which is what Ozzy did in this case here. He did basically a magical uh, bonus action attack and then a cantrip re uh, regular action attack. All right. I want to do a fourth level vampiric touch since you pulled me in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In the crowd, Ruth is like uh, behind Ozzy and cheering as uh, he busts out the whip. It's very technical-like. She she's doing like, you know, karate moves in the crowd with her tentacles <laughs> while you whip and behind you sun moon stars <laughs> slime behind you is like kick his ass oh what <laughs> oh no nine so that mi that misses ozzy's armor classes uh 15 i'm literally on top of you and i missed i puked and missed it fell on the floor <laughs> all my intestines are now on the floor instead of oh jeez on ozzy i missed I got nervous. Did you try to do like a long range vomit and then he did the whip and pulled you close and you just shot it over his shoulder? Mm. Yeah. And I'm now extremely embarrassed in front of Sun Moon Stars. Oh, oh no. Um, what Isaiah will do is uh, he'll follow up by doing another little bonus action manipulator attack. So uh, Isaiah is going to roll twice and take the worst of the two attacks because he's trying to do a range attack while in up close rolls a 16. I think that's my armor class is still 10. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. yeah so. <laughs> I don't I don't know anything. <laughs> it's fine. Uh wow, Ozzy hits for 13 with that extra attack there. Come on. <laughs> That um, reminds me of, like the first episode when the Mirmacolian downed you and you're like, uh, did I do something wrong? <laughs> This is ridiculous. <laughs> and then Aze is going to once again try to uh, star thorn whip 
Uh, you can't do this. <laughs> this has to be against the rules. I, I, I'm like explicitly doing things that are within the purview of the rules. In fact, nothing I'm doing here is even homebrewed. I'm doing things strictly by the strict no. rules of what I can do here. This is this is very funny because you're you're a terrifying uh, inhuman creature from the beginning of time, and this is just some nerd, <laughs> some star nerd. I have a debuff from trying to impress sun moon stars, so it's, I'm distracted. Aze uh, Aze does the Thorm of attack rolls twelve and hits with it. Oh my god! This does add an interesting dimension to the date, though, because you're going to come in having been embarrassed. That's spicy. Um. And that's four damage there. So that's an additional 17 to the 15 from the first round there. I'm dead. It's, yeah, it's overkill. I'm, I'm a, literally a dead person. You You're killed not, me. That's not how it works, Mario. You killed Slime. You're a murderer. You killed them right in front of oh, the whole okay. town. Listen, okay. On a side note, there's going to be plenty of time to accuse Ozzy of being a murderer. Now's not the time for that. <laughs> um. Uh- <laughs> okay, yes. Yeah. So paint me the picture slime of you getting uh, beat up. You don't die. Even if this was a fight to the death, you don't die at zero. There's like a whole process of dying. So, But mm-hmm. f- feel free. How does this go? <laughs> Just humiliated. Just I lay down. <laughs> I can't even I can't even look up i have to lay down because i know sun moon stars is i I just i swear i'm an ancient powerful being i am (laughs) okay so he whips you and you keep trying to throw up on him and he keeps dodging you and he he whips you down and then you just decide to lay on the ground and feel sorry for yourself um and i think sun moon stars like jumps into the arena this little paper mache arena it runs over to you as you like in my mind your slime kind of like slithers away from the corpse and like in shame and you're just like I want yeah. I want to go be by myself and uh Sun Moon Stars kneels down and puts her hands into the into the goo. Mm. Oh. I feel better and I go back to my body less embarrassed. Uh-huh. Uh you you okay, I was thinking she's just like would it make you feel better to interface with my nerves? Not in front of everybody. Okay, so slime can be embarrassed. Interesting. I like this. Okay. Not in front of everybody. It's private. Uh-huh. Uh, so, Aze, you win, and everyone cheers, and I think uh, you look around for the governor to hold your hand up and announce you as the victor and give you a stupid little prize, but you don't see him. Aze is also not looking like particularly like you know victorious as he stands there just kind of looking around. Everyone has kind of a, uh, again, just a sort of a stoic look on his face, and then there's a few blinks, and he then finally mutters after a few beats, hmm, where's the governor went? Uh, perception, in this case, is what you wanted? Yep. Okay. Uh, Aze rolls a natural Oof. 20 on his perception. As soon as, like, that bit of, like, hmm, something's amiss comes uh, comes to his mind. This is This is hacks, right? <laughs> Sketches in the matrix. He's in. Um, so with a with a crit with a twenty, I'm just gonna say you look in the distance and you just see the silhouette of Governor Gigi walking away from this spectacle towards the edge of town. Um, and there's nothing more I can give you than exactly seeing him. So that's what you get. Um, there he goes. Is, He's is is it the direction of the geniuses' place? 
Nope. It's in fact no. pretty much the opposite. Although let's okay. cut over to Neelith. Neelith, you uh, float over to, or you know, you're floating your your legs off the ground and using your face tentacles to pull yourself quickly over to the genius's workshop, which is a uh, very uh, eccentric collection of whirring machines and belching smoke furnaces and gear grinding nonsense. What do you do? Um. Just in case, uh, Neelith is initially going to attempt to use detect thoughts and just double check that there's no no thoughts going on in 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 the building. Nope. Good. Good. Good thought. Uh, nope. Like detect uh, locate creature. Detect thoughts yields no useful results here. But that in its, in and of itself is useful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Neelith's just going to try the front door. The genius seems like the kind of person who would lock their door or have some kind of uh, eccentric mechanism on it. Uh, why don't you roll f- for me uh, Arcana, maybe? Yeah, this seems like booby traps would be a thing, probably. Like, oh, mm-hmm. oh no, I opened the door and an explosion went off. Absolutely. Thirteen? Uh, so that's above average, uh, but not 15 what I was looking for. So I think what it is is like there's a combination lock. But instead of numbers, there's like symbols and you're like, you know, rolling them around trying to figure out what they do and you're pulling on it to see if you have it right. And there's a weird click from inside it, uh, but it doesn't open. And then you hear a voice say, intruder, state your name, state your intentions or be vaporized. Um, Neelith, uh, looking for the genius of Grendel. (laughs) Analyzing voice pattern. Beep, boop, beep, 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 beep. Neelith, you are whitelisted on the friends protocol. (laughs) Enter. (laughs) And the the lock clicks and falls off. I am very glad to hear that that, uh, the genius thinks of Neelith as a friend. Uh Yay. Oh. You, I mean, you don't know in character that there was a moment where the genius could have uh, sabotaged your egregore. Uh, to you, it just you know that went off without a hitch. But the the, the genius does seem to does value yeah. you. Yeah, Neelith has never been entirely sure. Like, like Neelith has always had the sneaking suspicion. Oh God, maybe the genius of Grendel does eat, but just really hates my cooking, and oh. you know, like. It's it's nice to have some validation of ah I'm not entirely hated. <laughs> uh, so you enter the the genius's workshop and uh, it is humming with uh, activity, but not from any person, not from themselves. It's just there's little like drones. You see Bloops, who is that like flying a uh, familiar uh, with like it has a, a light on it, it has a you know surveillance equipment on it. It's flying around. It's checking on things. There are can can. We communicate with Bloops. Uh, yeah, I think so. I don't, I don't know that Bloops speaks, but it's, it is uh, it is a, an advanced intelligence, so try. Um, Neelith sort of takes a couple of tentative uh, floating tentacle crawls in and uh, goes, Hi, uh, Bloop, is, is the genius okay? Uh, I think there, there's some beeping and whirring from inside the, the drone. Um, and then uh, I think there's a a screen in here attached to, I mean, you don't know the word computer, but there's like some advanced machinery. And on the screen, the words uh, appear to you and it says, define, did you say okay? Yeah, I think I said okay. Define okay. Um, 
Uh, do you know where the genius has gone? Define gone. When was the genius last here? Define when. <laughs> this is getting to some philosophical territory yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that Bloops isn't being difficult. Bloops is just a, a simple machine and you're a medieval peasant, so... Can you locate the genius? At this point, the beeping and booping goes into overdrive and it says, You have made three attempts to question the security features of our system. Do you wish to enact the Good Neighbor Initiative? What is the Good Neighbor Initiative? That is classified. Oh no, um... Can I roll insight as to whether I want to activate the Good Neighbor Initiative? <laughs> yes, please do so. Oh, is oh. it the bad idea roll? The bad idea roll. Uh huh. Let's do it. Uh, fourteen. Uh, I think with a fourteen, I was looking for a ten there. I think you know that the genius is not, uh, would not intentionally harm you, and that the system knows that you're Neelith. It, it, okay. it analyzed your voice print. So with a fourteen, the good neighbor initiative, uh, may may not have a a clear cut good or bad outcome but you don't think you are going to be hurting you or anyone immediately around you okay you, you do not think it will put you in danger to initiate the good neighbor initiative okay uh Neelith says um uh, yes initiate the good neighbor initiative affirmative um and at that point uh a dozen red lights come on all throughout the workshop oh no and you hear <laughs> gr grinding metal noises uh, as uh, 14, or no, 13 large robots come to life and begin standing up and moving uh, out of the workshop. Um, where, where are they going? The robots do not outwardly register that they heard you. Uh, as they stand up and begin walking, uh, you see they all have different types and different features. Uh, you see one which has uh, like 15 different arms. Uh, it has uh, like a spatula arm, a whisk arm, a knife arm. Uh, that one walks by you. You see one which has like a rake arm and a shovel arm. And <laughs> uh, uh, Basically like represent – is it – all farming related stuff or is it like representing the different okay so um, yeah there's a farming robot there's a cooking robot you see one which has like uh combs and uh scissors and yeah. a disinfectant spray you see one which is covered in like uh thimbles and needles and swatches uh and these robots all get up uh you know these are 10 foot tall steel gleaming robots mm -hmm. uh, with exposed wiring and gears and they all begin marching out of uh, the genius's workshop. And at a glance, I assume they're all sort of wandering in the direction of their respective buildings that they might correlate to. Not only that, but doing so with a single-mindedness that is uh, slightly concerning. I think one of them just kind of walks through you, just knocks you down, uh, and maybe takes out part of the wall on its way out. Aze will have left the... like. Aze will first, before he leaves the arena kneels down to kneels down by um uh slime apologizes for how that went and then proceeds to um cast cure wounds which i'm renaming as dignify from <laughs> derived from the i concept of uh 
uh, dignity, which is a very elaborate astrology term. So, as you've stolen from me, my yeah. dignity. So he's restoring the dignity with a third level dignify, which would be do do do. That would be do 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 friendship. Uh, that'd be a seventeen. So, thank you. That's how that, and then and then Aze will say, "I will return after checking on the governor." Before he, you know, move, gets out of the the ring and moves through the crowd and runs as quickly as he can over to the governor to catch up to him. Uh, I take I I pick up Sun Moon Stars as and I literally pick her up. Okay. Over my head and I start walking towards Neelis, um restaurant to pick up some food, and then I take the food. And sun, moon, stars to the dangerous cliff. <laughs> okay, that's a great ending. As Neelith just unleashed an army of robots, Aze is going to see what the governor uh, is stumbled into this this intrigue that's going to define the next arc. And then you you pick up your girlfriend to take her on a date. Yeah, uh, rotten fruit and everything. So Aze, you run after the governor, uh, who you can see their silhouette in the distance. They have stopped at the edge of town and appear to be talking to another figure, uh, heavily bundled in uh, winter coats. Hmm. Uh, yeah, Aze uh, catches up um, and addresses the governor. I mean, Governor Gigi, is uh, everything all right? Uh, the governor turns to you, Aze, and says, Lo and behold, my star pupil has returned to the village. Helsing, new friend, I've heard so much about you. I was following the pack, all swallowed in their coats, with scars of red tied round their throats to keep their little heads from falling in the snow. And I turned round, and there you go. And Michael, you would fall and turn the white snow red and strawberries in the summertime.